Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of Happy to Meet Cute. Uh, my name is Fallon Ballard, and I am here with Courtney Kay, and we wanted to take today to just do a little intro of ourselves so you guys can get to know us a little bit uh, before we start featuring uh, some of our amazing guests that we're super excited about. Um, so just some like quick background info on me. Uh, I'm the author of Lease on Love, which is available now. And I have my second book, Just My Type, coming out in February, which is creeping up on me very, very quickly. <laughs> Panic attacks haven't full on started yet, but they're, uh, they're definitely coming around very soon, I am sure. Um, I live in Southern California. I was born and raised here. Uh, I have one kid who is the coolest. He's eight years old and obsessed with dinosaurs and I love him the most. Uh, and I am obsessed with Marvel and nerdy things. Obviously I read a million books. That's maybe the best part of being an author is getting access to all of the super cool books early. It's my favorite. Um, and I love reality TV and all the things that are probably bad for my brain that I shouldn't be doing. I am into it. Um, but I'm super excited today to be here with my co-host, Courtney, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. Hello, I am co-host Courtney Kay, and am I just so excited to be here with Fallon? Yes. Is that the whole reason that I agreed to do this podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fallon is a joy, and I'm just so excited to be able to hang out with you, friend. Yeah, um, you. But... <laughs> I am the author of In the Event of Love, which is my debut, um, and it's kind of in its peak season right now as a queer holiday rom-com, so um, the time has arrived. <laughs> very excited. <laughs> it's very cool to see it on, you know, holiday shelves and very exciting. Um, but a little bit about myself beyond that and beyond being in uh, the deadline hell that I am currently in. Um, I live in Southern California. I, let's see, it's so hard whenever I have to talk about things that I enjoy. I'm like, wait, what do I what actually do? I, do? With my life? <laughs> I know. Um, I also have one child who is um, the light of my life and amazing. And we are thoroughly into the tween years. So please send me thoughts and prayers. <laughs> we'll make it through. We're making it through. <laughs> um, but yeah, currently trying not to freeze in the 60 degree weather um, that most people would scoff at, but I have a heating pad on my lap. We're, <laughs> we're going to be fine. <laughs> um, and also, let's see, I'm super into plants when I have the time. When I don't have the time, they kind of look at me as they're dying, like, <laughs> remember when you committed to me? <laughs> Like straight up, all the plants around my office are just wilted right now. Uh, I will water them. But yeah, um, <laughs> I have two cats that take up a ton of my time. Um, and just like beyond that, like family stuff. And um, to be honest, I feel like I have been on deadline for a couple of years. 
like straight, <laughs> like it's been nonstop. So I feel like any free time I have, it's like, oh my God, I should be writing. And I haven't been investing in new activities. And I feel like that's such a really important part of the show and why I was so excited about the premise, because I, you know, as authors, we're always talking about, we need to have other hobbies. It's actually such a great piece of advice because when you're only doing your writing or only into bookish things, it kind of can become your whole personality and you, you invest so much of your self-worth into it. Um, and so I love that this show is my own personal reminder and hopefully, you know, for all of us that we are valuable as people and we deserve to enjoy things and have a good time. And we are more than our writing, even though that's a huge part of what we love and what we do. You know, there are many facets to, to us. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to getting back into some of those things like crafting and um, I don't know, maybe trying to bake badly some Pinterest fails. <laughs> yes. You put that so eloquently. I think you will all come to see as time goes on with this podcast, like Courtney off the cuff comes up with these like phrases and the way that she puts things where I'm like, I couldn't have written that any better than the way you just Yeah, said right. It. No. <laughs> Like, I'm just sitting here listening to you like, oh my God, you just summed it up perfectly. Like, that's exactly what I'm <laughs> trying to do here. Um, so yes, you're, you're very good at that. Oh, if, if you want more of that, you should read Courtney's books. Oh, They're valid. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh goodness. Um, well, I know you said you haven't necessarily had a ton of time to do other things other than writing since you are in <laughs> deadline hell, but um, <laughs> has there been anything you've been able to consume lately that you've been super into? Oh my gosh, yes. Let's talk about our, our consumptions. I, yeah. when I am on deadline, I'm, ex I'm an extreme drama like all over the, my house dramatic. So like I, I have to sometimes write on the couch, but it's like a very specific arrangement. I have my, my wireless keyboard on my lap, my laptop on the coffee table. Nobody else can have the TV because I watch Hallmark <laughs> movies on loop. And like they're ones that I've seen, like, I swear to God, I don't know if anyone tracks like how many times certain movies have been watched by certain people on the streaming apps. <laughs> I swear to God, I've watched some Hallmark movies probably a hundred times because they just fade into the background. Yeah. Um, so they're, yeah. And they're just really comforting and they're just a whole vibe. So the ones I've had playing on loop is Sailing Into Love. With Ooh. Leah Renee and Chris McNally. Okay. Uh, and it's just really sweet. And the book I'm writing is Summertime and Beachy. So that's been the one on loop. And then also Christmas Ever After, which is Lifetime. And that's with um, Allie, Allie Stroker. Oh, my gosh. I always mess oh, up yeah. the names. Stoker or Stroker? Okay. I, Stroker. I really. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I really love her. Um, and that one I played on loop while I wrote in the event of love. And so it's like a comfort loop for me. <laughs> I love that. 
did I just write down sailing into love so I can go look it up later? Yes. Yes, I did. Well, there's like, there's a ranking with Hallmark movies, right? Like either like, oh, this actually is, is a good move is good. Like I'm invested in this. I'm invested in the chemistry. I think that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are some are like, eh, it's fine. I like the atmosphere. Those are the two rankings for me. And then there are some where it's like, oh no, no chemistry. I can't watch this. (laughs) That's like the three. Yes. That's a good way to put it. I am. I have been watching a lot of Hallmark movies recently too, for quote unquote research purposes for something I can't talk about yet. Um, but I have been trying to find the best ones from each season. So like I was watching all the like fall themed ones. Oh yeah. Now I'm like getting into all the Christmas ones because we're already in like countdown to Christmas territory and they're just, I can't stop. They're so good. (laughs) <laughs> they're addicting <laughs> what else have you been enjoying so um i well right now i am reading uh the christmas clash by suzanne park yes. who is going to be our guest here coming up pretty soon um Can't wait. and suzanne was my pitch wars mentor way back in 2019 Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I love her so much. Um, I got to work with Suzanne and Alexa Martin. Oh, actually, and I'm reading Alexa's arc right now of her book coming up soon, Better Than Fiction. Um, And I think I really connected with both of them. Sorry, I'm sure you can hear my dog in the background. (laughs) You'll hear that a lot. Uh, (laughs) I really connected with both Suzanne and Alexa because I think they're both very voicey um, authors. And I just feel like every time you start one of their books, it's like very clear, like, oh, yes, this is a Suzanne book or this is an Alexa book. Uh, and I am loving both of them. Um, I uh-huh. started a Christmas class yesterday and I think I read like 200 pages in one sitting because I was just like, I can't stop. So good. Oh my. Um, I just love her. She's the best. I actually, I started the audiobook of the Christmas clash and you're spot on about the voice. It's, I was, I kind of just stopped whatever I was doing and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It just grabs you. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good. And I think one of the things I really love in particular about Suzanne, I feel maybe we should be saving this for her episode, but we'll, we'll gush (laughs) about her both times. Um, you know, she writes YA and adult, um, which I think is hard to do on its own, but then I feel like her voice is consistent and yet it's still distinct and appropriate for each age group which I don't know how she does that. I would like her to, <laughs> to teach me all of her magical ways. Um, yes. She's brilliant. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So we'll have her on soon. I'm super excited. So me too. look out for that one. It's coming up. Um, Suzanne I think Park wanted... fan club. Oh yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you haven't like seen Suzanne at any sort of virtual or in-person event, Um, Like she co-hosted my debut launch with me. She's just the Mm -hmm. best person to have because she's so funny and Mm -hmm. she's so off the cuff. She has a really good, strong comedy background and it's very evident when you see her (laughs) in person. She's so good. She makes me laugh so much. Oh, I love it. 
Love it. Um, okay, so we were going to talk today a little bit about our writing process, which is something that we'll chat with with the authors um, that we do have as guests on our show. So we w- did want to start with that. We know, obviously, the focus of this podcast is to incorporate not just writing things into it, but of course, we are writers, and that's a huge part of our daily existence. So uh, we did want to kind of go through some of those basics so you guys know a little bit about our process. Um, I actually don't know most of these things about you, Courtney, so I'm I'm interested to see kind of how your process is. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Uh, same. I'm excited to learn this about you. I am a big plotter, um, and that's mostly because of anxiety. <laughs> and... Yeah, and all the years that I spent floundering on drafts and then shelving them, and I realized, okay, I have to have a roadmap, essentially, um, so that I know I can get to the finish, so that I can see the big picture. However, as I'm writing, a lot can change. And also what happens, and um, a lovely, wonderful, very helpful thing I have found out, is that I have to write an entire first draft based off of an outline. That entire first draft ends up being wrong and I have to scrap the whole thing. (laughs) Re-outline and um, then redraft. It's it's not the ideal process, but it's just how it goes. So I guess I plot, yeah, like I plot in phases and layers, but I do plot for sure. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I am a total pantser. Um, I ah. hate plotting. I hate, hate, hate plotting. Um, and I, I tend to write very quickly when I like have an idea that I really, really like sink my teeth into. Like I think I drafted Lisa on Love in like six weeks. Um, oh my god. And I had like a very vague idea of what I wanted to happen, but I mostly just sat down at my computer every day and just kind of like let it come to me. Um, So that was like my ideal writing process. Of course, then when I was doing just my type, um, I was under contract. And so Mm -hmm. I did not have the luxury of just sitting down and writing. Um, I had to turn in an outline that had to get pre-approved. Mm -hmm. And I had to sort of go through those steps that I hadn't gone through before. And it really messed with my head quite a bit. Um, Mm. And I really, really struggled with drafting just my type because I was doing something that was so against everything that I had done before. Um, So it was a really good learning process for me. But I really, really figured out in drafting just my type that I um, I can't plot ahead of time because I just don't stick to it. <laughs> and oh. If you looked, <laughs> if you looked at my out- outline for just my type, it is not like what happened at all, um, and it caused many many breakdowns. And I think that's the hard thing for me is that uh, if I plot ahead of time and then I deviate from that, my gifted and talented education childhood brain is like you're not following the outline get back on track (laughs) like stay where you're supposed to stay in your lane um and so Mm. i had a really hard time with that um 
which is why now I'm like, okay, well, I will just make sure I draft all my books before I have to like send them <laughs> to my publisher for anything. I'm like, I would rather draft the whole book than try and give mm -hmm. you an outline and have to stick to it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants gal. Sometimes it works and sometimes it does not. <laughs> but I fear your power. I mean, so when you sit, <laughs> I mean it, I am in awe. When you sit down and go for it, is it sort of just a gut intuition that leads you through the beats? Yeah, I feel like I have a, um, usually I have a really good grasp on who my characters are before I sit down to write. Like that's kind of like my main focus of where I put my energy in the sort of planning stages. And then I kind of just let them decide what they would like to do. Um, I usually have, like when I come up with an idea for a story, I usually have like three or four scenes in particular that will kind of like stick in my brain. Um, and then I sort of build everything else around that. Mm. So a lot of times I'm writing to get to that scene that I know I have in my head and that I want to write. Um, and then it just kind of comes to me as to how I want to get there. It's very chaotic. Um, I don't, my closest uh, critique partner is like, you're a monster. I don't know what's happening <laughs> to you. But I like don't <laughs> I love have chapters or anything when I draft. I just draft oh. in like one big, huge document. <laughs> and it's just such madness. And then I go back later and I break it up <laughs> into chapters. Oh my God, it's that's so fascinating. Bananas. No, I've never heard of, I've never heard of that. And that is genius. You just go until it's I mean, done. It, yeah. Yeah. And I find like, once I, once I get to like the 50,000 word mark, um, mm -hmm. I usually will finish up the book in about like a week or two. Um, so I'll write the last like 25 to 30,000 words in a like, usually like a week or a week and a half because it's like, I know exactly where it's going at that point. Mm. And so I just like have to get it out. And so I just like sort of, it's almost like stream of conscious. Like I just sit mm -hmm. and I just go until it's done. Oh, that's so, so cool. <laughs> and, oh, and I should mention too, that my first drafts based on my outline are like half a book long, like 40,000 words. Oh, I, oh, that's yeah, like I'm a really lean drafter because I build up the book in layers mm. and it takes so much excavating for me to finally get to the heart of what the story should be and really who the characters are. So each draft, it's like I'm discovering more until yeah. it, I finally hit that point where I'm like, okay, this, this is feeling like what it's meant to be. <laughs> I love I like our, that. I love our different processes, how we have such different yeah. ways and of I, doing it. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. Like I'm in awe of people that can like actually sit down and figure out their plot and just like stick to an outline. Like I, I sort of sometimes wish my brain worked like that because I do feel like it's so much more organized. Uh, and as a person who also has anxiety, I feel like a lot of mm -hmm. times I would feel better <laughs> about that. But yeah, I just like, I just can't make it my brain work that way. But it's very interesting how everybody has their completely different process and you find out like exactly what works for you and you just kind of have to 
to go with it. Yeah, exactly. I love oh, that. Interesting. Um, so what does a typical writing day look like for you? Typical, quote unquote, because I know they don't always look the same. I know this is something I'm actually really struggling with and something that I am learning for the future. Um, I don't have a regular writing schedule because mm. I think I get so caught up on if I have like anything to do that day. Yeah. I will fixate on that thing and I'll be like, okay, well, I can't get into the flow, the creative flow, because I'm going to have to cut it off. And it stresses me out so much yeah. um, that I have to section off days or weekends to actually tackle it. But then it doesn't work well because, you know, once you kind of haven't written for a while, not that you have to write every day, obviously, that's not. What? It, oh my God. Oh, my cats are having an argument. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Keeping it interesting. <laughs> oh, wow. Little uh, cat commercial break. Okay. They're gone. Um, not like gone, gone. They like left the room. No, no, they're here. They're just quiet. Okay. Okay. When I haven't written for a while, <laughs> it takes me a while to get back into the flow of mm. writing and the book and the voice. So it's, I'm constantly like stop and go. And then when I haven't written for a while, self-doubt tends to creep in even harder. Yeah. So <laughs> these are all the things I've been learning over the course of writing the second book on contract and um, kind of learning what I need to do better next time. And I think what I can do better for my own mental and physical health next time is to actually set aside, like, I don't care if I don't feel like writing, I'm going to do 50 words today, like just yeah. something I'm, or I'm just going to sit at my computer. I'm just going to show up for 10 minutes, you yeah. know, to like get in that habit. And I know, and I don't say that meaning that everybody should do that. Not everybody can or should, but for me, I, that's what I need to adapt. <laughs> Just yeah. kind of showing up. Totally. And I, I have definitely gotten in that habit as well. The more and more I have been writing is I will just put it on my like daily checklist. Like hmm. you're going to write today. And I don't always give myself like a word goal or anything like that. I just say like, you're going to write. And if you show up nice. and it's 10 words, great. You sat down, you did the writing. If it turns into a thousand words, even better. Um, mm -hmm. But the important part is just like actually sitting there. But it is really hard. And I think, um, especially because you're working on your second book, which I think every author I have ever heard speak about their second book <laughs> agrees is the absolute <laughs> hardest. Um, I know for me, it was by far, um, there's just a whole new added layer of pressures and expectations. Um, and you know, it's like from the moment your debut releases, you're going to have people saying, I can't wait for your next book. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for your next book. And you're like, yay, but also like, oh God, like what if it's terrible and everybody mm -hmm. hates it? Um, and so it really is really hard hard. It's a hard struggle um, <laughs> writing that second book. So it does get better. I promise. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> I, 
I am laughing because, well, first of all, I, it's like a thing in publishing. I believe it's called the second book curse. Like It's mm-hmm. just a thing. You just have to get through it. Yeah. But I'm laughing because I, every time for months when I would sit down and write, I would have this image of like Publishers Weekly because they <laughs> liked In the Event of Love. Yeah. I had this image in my brain of Publishers Weekly being like, well, this just goes to show you can't do it twice. <laughs> like that just kept looping. Yeah. You know, and there are just so many new things that you have to learn how to put aside. Yeah. I mean, and nobody wants to be a one hit wonder, you know, <laughs> and I think there's definitely that fear of like, oh my gosh, if I screw up this second book, I'm never going to get another book deal. My career is over. You know, there's this weight of like your whole life on this book, which is ridiculous because that's not how it is at all. Right. <laughs> and right. that's just something that we sort of impose on ourselves, I mm-hmm. think, um, because that's definitely not the reality of the situation. But it feels like that when you're in the moment. So, yeah, I, I feel for you. Hang in there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so well said. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. And it's called book three. <laughs> oh my you gosh. Yay. <laughs> and so part of like getting to that point where you're enjoying, you know, writing, what is your favorite part of the process? Um, so I love drafting and I guess that means I revel in chaos because as we've already <laughs> said, my process is sort of chaotic. Um, but for me, that's like my favorite part is when I am creating these characters. Like I love, like I'm the type of person, um, that always fascinates me that this doesn't happen for some people, but I see the scenes in my head, like sort Mm -hmm. of like there's like a movie playing in my brain. And so translating that from my brain to the page to me is just like the most magical part. Um, I just love that feeling so much. And I love when I really get in that groove and it's like, I can't wait. I can't wait to write the next day. Like when I go to bed and I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to write in the morning. Like those are just those moments that it's like, yes, this is why we deal with all of this other stress and all the other things that come along with it. Um, I do not love editing. I will just, I will just say that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Some people, I guess, do love the editing process. I Mm -hmm. find those people very strange. <laughs> I am not one of them. <laughs> if that's you, good on you because I, yeah, I sit down sometimes to edit and I'm just like, Ugh. and I love yes. my editor. She's amazing. She's the best. Um, so if you're listening to this, Gabby, it's not you, it's me. Um, but... <laughs> we love you, Gabby. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, if I could only draft and didn't have to do any of the other stuff, that's like, perfect scenario for me. Right. Just like sh- shoot it out and then send it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Yes. <laughs> that is ideal. <laughs> oh my God. I'll never forget. Okay. I, l- years ago for Christmas, I got the James Patterson masterclass. This was gifted to me. <laughs> well, cool. well, yeah, it was cool while I was learning to write. And Okay, this dude, how he writes his books is he gets the legal pads of no the, the legal notebook pads. He writes every other line 
to leave room in case he wants to make notes. That is how he writes a first draft. He just writes it, writes it, and then he has an assistant who goes and types it up, and the book is done. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening to that, like, I don't see this for myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm not represented I mean, here. <laughs> that just feels like... um very unrealistic for the majority of writers. Like we can only dream to get to the point where, you know, like you can tell with certain writers who shall remain nameless when they get to the point where they have sold so many books that mm. they feel like they don't have to edit anymore, which is how you end up with books that are like 1200 pages long. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there are those people that are in that place in their career where they know the book's going to sell no matter what. And so they sure. can just do whatever they want. Um, I mean, and that's goals. Like, right? <laughs> like <laughs> the legal notepad off to the assistant typist <laughs> is goals. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Um, do you enjoy drafting or do you like, are you one of the weirdos who likes editing? <laughs> I feel like we are perfect bookends because we are very opposite in our processes. I loathe drafting with a passion oh my gosh. because it's so full of fear for me. Oh, okay. Fear of, can I do this? Can I finish this? And then that first revision pass is always, well, the first couple revision yeah. passes are always so, um, what's the word? Big or... Um, like rearranging everything, moving things yeah. around, <clears throat> like, you know, book surgery. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gross, but yes, book surgery. Um, once I get the book down, what it should be and it's sloppy, but it's there. Okay. That's my favorite part. And maybe that's being lazy <laughs> because like everything's done. Like the biggest, hardest parts are done. But I love going back in. Like you, I also see the scenes in my head. Mm. And in those passes, I kind of leave those finer details of aesthetic um, and like word phrasing and like the little touches, you know, that like make yeah. the characters swoon. Those are the things that I just love going back in and filling in. That's my favorite part, like finagling sentences and just making it. Uh, really what feels pretty to me and feels like, oh, I, I really like how this sounds or feels. Um, so yeah, that is my favorite part. And I think also because I no longer have that fear of, well, shit, is this going to come together? Am I <laughs> yeah. going to fail? You know, that's not like hovering yeah. over me because it's done. Right. Um, and that's when I can really actually enjoy. And hopefully that changes over time. Hopefully I don't have so much fear. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully that's something I can overcome, but <laughs> yeah, right now. Sure get there. But it Thank sounds you. like what you're saying is um, we should write a book together and I'll just draft <gasps> it and send it to you and you can make it pretty. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh my. Okay. So happy to meet cute. Um, yes. Yes. Author duo. I love. Okay. This is going to now simmer in my brain for a while. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's do it. It could be about two podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
us. You heard it oh. first, folks. <laughs> Watch us like a year from now. So thrilled to make this announcement. <laughs> oh, God, that would be amazing. I know, right? I love it. Just send me oh. your legal pad. Okay. <laughs> I hope you can read my writing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What else, my friend? What else has been going on beyond oh, writing goodness. world? Um, well, I what have you been into. <laughs> so I think I mentioned this uh, in my brief little intro, but um, I am obsessed with reality TV. Um, I live mainly in the Bravo sphere. Um, okay. I could teach a masterclass on the Real Housewives franchise. Um, oh my God, yes. I love them all. I feel like, especially in the past couple of months, we have been in like peak Real Housewives season. We've had <laughs> an amazing season of Beverly Hills, which does not always deliver. Um, mm. I always watch it because as somebody who lived in LA for a significant portion of my life, mm. I am like, I love seeing where they're going and like the different places they're eating lunch at and all of that stuff. I love that. Um, I now live in Orange County. So even though Orange County also does not always deliver, <laughs> I always watch theirs. <laughs> um, which Orange County is interesting because Orange County as a county is not like a huge space, but right. it is um, basically divided into the beach cities, which is where all the super rich people live. And mm -hmm. then the other cities where regular people like myself live. Um, so even though we live in the same county, which is not that many people, I will never encounter any of them in the wilds because I don't <laughs> go to any of these places where they hang out. But I still like to see it just to kind of live vicariously through them. Uh, but we have just started a new season of Potomac, which is my absolute favorite. They're hilarious. Um, that was not even what I was going to talk about. And I just went off on a Real Housewives tangent because I cannot help myself. Do um, it. But <laughs> if you love reality TV, uh, as I do, hopefully you have dipped into the third season of Love is Blind on Netflix. Um, which if you're not familiar with the show, the basic premise is they take a bunch of single people, guys and girls. It's, it's very um, heteronormative. They should probably yeah. work on that aspect of it. But for the first like 10 days, they're all in these pods where they go on dates with each other, but they can't see each other. So you have the girl is in like one half of the room. The guy is in the other. There's a wall in between them. Um, so they can hear each other. They have all these, you know, deep conversations or whatever, but they can't see each other. And then it's like uh, online dating. <laughs> yeah. But no yeah. pictures. Like they have no idea what the other person looks like. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So they have, and they're like, not really supposed to talk about it either. Like most mm. of them will talk about like, their race, but that's kind of it. Like you're not supposed to talk about like how tall you are or your weight or anything like that. Um, and so at the end of like the nine days or 10 days, the guys will propose to the girls that they're interested in. 
Um, and then if the girls that escalated yes. quickly, <laughs> yeah. it's bonkers. It is bonkers. Oh. And then if the girl says yes, then they get to see each other for the first time. Okay. And then after they see each other, they go on like a vacation together. But it's like all the couples that say yeah, all the couples that get engaged go on this same vacation together. So it's super awkward because you're on vacation with these other couples who might have people in them that you have like dated. So oh it's God. like, maybe you got engaged to this guy, but you also spent days talking to this other guy and now he's engaged to your friend and you all are going to like hang out together. It's drama <laughs> ensues. And then they have like three weeks to live together and decide if they want to get married. And these decisions happen at the wedding. So they are up at the altar. Their families are there. They're in the wedding gal, you know, dress and suit and whatever. And at the altar, the officiant is like, do you take this man and do you take this woman? And they have to say on the spot, like, yes, I want to marry you or no, I do not. And we're... <laughs> This is my biggest nightmare. Oh, it is bananas. Um, and so this third season has been wild as usual. <laughs> um, usually there's like one couple each season that like legitimately you're like, okay, these people are going to make it. Um, oh. Of course, in the first season, we have Cameron and Lauren who are like the cutest thing ever. Uh, they're still married. It's been like three or four years. Uh, they got married on the show. They're still married. Um, and then, you know, most of the other couples, it's just like a trash fire. <laughs> <And> uh <-huh. laughs> it's just an absolute disaster in the most entertaining way possible. It's <laughs> um, what we live for. I yeah, right. I just I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. And what is so awesome about this season in particular is like my husband like loathes reality TV like he <laughs> hates it with every fiber of his being. And he came home from work yesterday. He is a musician and in his day job. He's got this amazing suite setup where he basically like works for 15 minutes and then gets a 45 minute break. Um, <laughs> and so I know it's ridiculous. So he was telling, he came home yesterday and he said that in the uh, band room on their breaks, everybody was watching love is blind. And he was like, I kind of want to keep watching it. And I was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> This is what happens. It sucks you in and you can't stop. Um, oh. So he watched a little bit with me last night. And he was just like, what is wrong with people? It's just, it's such a shit show, but it's so good. <laughs> you cannot look away. Um, so we got, we ended last night. So Netflix dropped three episodes last night. And of course, the last one ended on a total cliffhanger which is not fair. Netflix, you're supposed to drop everything all at once. Like that Fine. is your model. I want to binge them all at one time. They're releasing like three episodes a week and it is just unfair. <laughs> and now we don't know what happens at this wedding. And I'm dying to know. Um, I don't really want any of these people to marry each other. <laughs> it's 
Oh my God. Good idea. Uh, there is the one couple. So Alexa and Brennan um, are the one couple this season that I'm like, okay, they actually have like a, a legitimate shot. Um, mm. We'll see how it goes for them in the long run. I'm pretty sure they'll get married. And I think that that's a, they, they have a chance. Um, no one else should be getting married <laughs> to these people. Okay. Now I'm actually should really not curious. Be happening. <laughs> now I'm curious to see who does get married. Yeah, so um, I'll keep you posted. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but so good. I, so good. Oh my gosh. I actually think that I did watch that show one season, but I didn't make it to the ceremonies, the weddings. Oh, yeah. Um, but I feel like it was a fever dream. <laughs> but that's <laughs> how I feel about, yeah, that's how I feel about most reality TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is kind of exciting. Like, did I watch it? <laughs> did I dream it? Um, <laughs> this can't be real. Like, no, this exactly. Be actually happened. <laughs> and also, what the hell is with streaming services only releasing things, like trickling them out? We are not going back. Dude. I have lived through the DVR <laughs> era. I have lived before that when you've been out around town and you're like, shit, I got to get home. Watch my show. It's all right now. Or like, I have lived through my, yes. my grandmother sending us VHS recorded tapes of <laughs> shows. Like mm -hmm. we, we have, we've been through a lot to get here. <laughs> Why are they now like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pay us monthly yeah. so that you can live back in the 1990s. Yeah, no. like I, and I think this is the first time they've done that with Love is Blind, um, or at least if they did it last season, it was like longer chunks, like you got like five episodes at a time, and it was only like two weeks until you had the whole season, but now it's like, it's been like, it'll be almost a month, and that's not okay. <laughs> that's no, not I... how I want my Love is Blind. I want it all at once in one weekend where I don't get out of bed. And all right. I do is fill my brain with trash. That's what I want. Yes. Like, okay, is the purpose of trickling the things out, is it like we're going to help people with, like, to be mentally, like, not binge these things for mental health reasons? Like, motherfucker, I'm watching this because my mental health <laughs> needs to binge. Like, <laughs> I need to disassociate for at least 72 hours straight. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I don't think it's that because I don't think they care about us that much. I think it's that they want you coming back week after week. I mean, right, which they don't is care. the whole reason <laughs> why shows used to be episodic anyway is because they want you to tune in every week. But that's not where we are anymore, Netflix. Don't no. take us back. Don't take us back. No. Yeah, also, so I, I will. Um... Oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Here we go. That actually hasn't happened much so far, so that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I will let you know how many successful weddings come out of this season. I am waiting desperately to find out. <laughs> how many couples are there? So there are. I think there's five this season. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So we're gonna like one out of five is what nice. we're aiming for. I'm betting there will be at least one other couple that gets married that should not be getting married. I hope it's one of, <laughs> so there are some couples where it's like, okay, 
this is just like you could have had a chance, but your personalities are maybe just a little too different or you're in different places. Like there are two couples this season where the woman is in like her early 30s and the guy is in his mid 20s. And okay. it's just like a, not like a personality is incompatible. They're just in different places in their lives that it makes it hard sometimes to match up. Um, and that's not to say the age difference is the issue. It's just these particular people, like these particular yeah. guys in their mid twenties are still extremely immature. Um, <laughs> They're in their frat like, boy season. Era. And they haven't, they have not, they're still seeing like they're okay. So there's one couple that I actually, I'm, I'm in the minority, I think Cole and Zenob, And I think that they really could be good together. It's just, he's too immature and says dumb things. And she is not, she, her self-esteem is not in a place where oh. she can handle being with somebody like like she oh, no, asks, sweetie. She really asks him, like, you know, well, how hot do you think I am? And like, what is your rating for me? And I'm like, no, don't ask. <laughs> He's like, girl, you five. <laughs> like, just don't do it. Don't do it. And like, she got really upset because she was like, well, what would you rate me like from one to 10? And he was like oh, a my. nine. And oh, she my. was like <laughs> uh, mad about it. And <laughs> Wrong and answer. Like, it's always freaking 20. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, he's just too young and inexperienced yeah. to like know that you have to say that. And you should not have asked him that question. Like, don't ask if you don't want the honest answer. Seriously. Um, so they're just like, I feel like they could have been good together. They're just not maturity. Nine. He's not. <laughs> he's not there yet for her. Um, but then there's another couple. Okay, so Matt and Colleen who Colleen became famous in the pods because her entire personality is that she's a ballet dancer. Um, she said it at least a hundred times. Um, <laughs> we know you're a ballet dancer. <laughs> we got it, which is very cool. And I'm congratulations. I'm obviously that's not an easy thing to do, but that's <laughs> if all you hear that the we show, We're her. really proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but her, fiance I'm like ooh he's giving me serious toxic vibes mm -mm. um and he was married before and his wife cheated on him and I feel like he's in the place now where he just like hates women mm. and it's it's not good and I have the I have a scary feeling that they will they will get married and I just like Colleen, if you're listening to this, like blink twice if you're in danger because <laughs> he's, he is giving me vibes that I'm like not okay with. Um, so Ooh, I hope they don't get married. Cringe. Yeah, but we'll we'll see what happens. Also, just, like yeah. I feel like that's not a good recovery, healing like path for healing. Like totally, I'm gonna go on Love Is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> because my former marriage was extremely traumatizing. <laughs> right. I figured out Good that point. I like don't know how to do this whole marriage thing. So what I'm going <laughs> to do is marry somebody after knowing them for three weeks. Seems like a good plan. <laughs> it's like we're just going to fast track this. Fast track the road to ruin. 
Wow. Oh, God. Okay. Um, all right. So what have you been doing <laughs> lately? Please give us something that is not going to kill any more of my brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing as exciting as that. I, I promise you. It's totally fine. <laughs> but also, my family got me off of the couch to go trick-or-treating. So let's talk about that. <laughs> I live in a portion of Los Angeles where, like, a lot of people from the studios live. They go all out at Halloween. It is out of control. We have, like, front yards of houses that have been transformed into actual scenes from Stranger Things. <laughs> we have, like, graveyards that look like actual graveyards on suburban front lawns. It's, it's seriously unreal. There's animatronics. Sometimes the high school marching band will come down the street playing This is Halloween. It's, it's seriously unreal. Um, there are actual haunted houses that people make um, in their garage. And the way that they can transform a, like, stucco suburban house into what looks like a Victorian haunted house is, it, it is unreal. Like, you walk through and it's like, what the hell? This house cannot be this big. Because you go through like eight different rooms in this haunted house. And this one that I went through in particular was themed for Stranger Things season four, which was like a big theme for this year. And so you have like these glowing black orbs, like everything is just unreal. And my only thought as I'm going through this is like, these people, like this has got to suck tomorrow. This has really got to suck on November 1st, like people are so excited. There was even one that they literally transformed their house into like a haunted bayou, a swamp. <clears throat> like they had metal roofing. They had like barnwood siding all over the front of their house. It looks like a Disneyland ride, all the lighting. And then you, they put an actual like above ground pond in their front yard, which is amazing. <laughs> it's like you, you spend days and months on this and then wh where are you going to put all that water? Like, are you going to siphon it out and put it down the drain? And it's like, I feel this sense of loss for them as soon as we're done trick-or-treating. Like, well, that took two hours. Like these poor people. <laughs> Maybe they're going to have a Bayou Christmas. Maybe they'll just, like, transform it over to you the You know, next and I time. tried to be helpful. I was like, you could keep this up. I actually did tell that to my neighbor. Uh, and it probably was actually really rude of me now that I think back because I was like, <laughs> are, what are you going to do tomorrow? <laughs> I literally was like, are, do you, are you taking this all down? And they kind of looked at me like this sense of, like, deep sadness. <laughs> You know, on their feet. You have to remind us. I know. I'm like, wow, Courtney, you're seriously rude. But they... It's kind of like um, I went to, so my kid doesn't have school the day after Halloween, which is really brilliant on the school district's part. Um, yes, and so same. we went to Disneyland um, because, you know, we live right there and that's the mm. thing that we can do. Um, and it is the week in between Halloween and like the week after Halloween is when Disneyland transitions from Halloween to Christmas. 
<laughs> and it happens in stages. And so when you're in the park in that week in between, it's like Halloween decorations are still up, but also Christmas decorations are up. <laughs> so it's this very weird time where it's like this strange transition is happening where you're, you're it's like you're in the nightmare before Christmas because you're just trapped in between the two it holidays. It is a nightmare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, oh, and to my neighbors, like, I really was trying to be helpful. I was like, you could just throw in some Santa hats and like make it the nightmare before Christmas and leave it up through December. Totally. Like, I don't know. Maybe they hadn't thought of that. And they looked at me like, <laughs> yeah, a few people have said that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to walk away now. They're also new neighbors. Oh, my gosh. oh Okay. Yeah. They had to come out. They had to come out strong in the first year. Yeah. And also they had to meet me <laughs> who lives up the street. <laughs> I guarantee you they're like, oh God, it's that, it's that girl again. Oh, that woman. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, which actually fun fact, because I don't think we mentioned this at the beginning, but Courtney and I grew up in the same town. Um, I don't live there anymore. But I grew up there and I, I think yeah. I'm, if, if your neighborhood is one that I'm thinking of in my head, your neighbors also turned it out hardcore for Christmas. Uh, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. They actually, <laughs> this is a plot thing that I'm trying to finagle into a new book. Yeah. Um, but, but they actually, there is one neighborhood street in my town. When you buy a house. And I know this is true because I have a friend who's a realtor, so fact check. But they have, when you buy a house on this street, which is called Candy Cane Lane, like that's the the given name, um, you have to sign a waiver essentially saying that you will participate in the holiday decorations. Or else like you... I don't know what they're going to do. Like if you just buy the house and then you don't like who's going to come to your door. They're going to be really mad at you. <laughs> like, are you just going to get side eye for your entire. You can get shamed. <laughs> I think so. They'll just have somebody standing outside your door with the bell from Game of Thrones. Just being like, shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> Until you put decorations up. Which also, like, is not very inclusive. Like, I, <laughs> I would love someone to move in there and, like, holiday decorations be, like, St. Patrick's Day on Christmas. <laughs> or, like, something just, like, totally random. Be like, yeah, take that. <laughs> Sign my waiver. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And actually, I do feel like that is a good starting plot point. Like, <laughs> for like the grumpy guy that moves into the neighborhood and like refuses yeah. to put any decorations up. That would be fun. Oh my God. Yes. Maybe I mean, we'll write that book together. <laughs> so thrilled to announce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Oh my God. So yeah. So, and then there's always this transition after Halloween. It's like, I don't, I mean, Thanksgiving, I don't know, like, honestly, it's just kind of the in-between day here in America. And there are, like, lots of feelings around Thanksgiving, right? And so, I don't know, like, I could leave it, you know? 
And so whenever November comes, I'm like, I'm so conflicted. Like, do I still drink pumpkin spice or <laughs> do I move on to, you know, peppermint mocha? <laughs> yeah. Those are the hard choices we have to make in life. <laughs> but this morning on my Sirius XM radio, the random channels that I had on there um, and now say Holly FM and Hallmark. And Ooh. I was like, all right, no, it's here. We're moving on. It is it's November here. 3rd. It is now. Yes. Yes. Starbucks has got, the holiday cups. I got my Starbucks holiday cup today. First one. Yeah. So if you've been waiting for your green light, <laughs> you know, like, like I was waiting, this is it. This is your moment. Go for yeah. it. Go all in. We're going to just next two months of, um, you know, holiday. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, especially since pandemic times, like whatever thing it is that brings you joy, just yeah. do it. Just do it. If you want to watch a Hallmark movie every day until December 31st, like do it. Why not? What is stopping you? Go for I it. I love that. I love that so much. If you want to turn your Halloween decorations into Nightmare Before Christmas, you should do it. <laughs> Do it. Totally it's do just it. efficient. It is. You're repurposing. You're being very <laughs> conscious of waste, both of time and energy and materials, I am sure. I Absolutely. Like, and I feel like if your whole neighborhood like decided to do that together, like how cool would that be? That's the world I want to live in. Mm -hmm. I, like <laughs> I it. love that. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right. Well, Courtney, tell us where we can find you on the socials and buy your book and all of those beautiful things. If you would like to find me after my chaos and extraness <laughs> that you just heard on this podcast, um, my socials across the board is at court underscore K. Um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. And yeah, and then my website is CourtneyKBooks.com. Awesome. And if you haven't bought In the Event of Love yet, I mean, now really is the time. Now's the time <laughs> to do it. Because it is. I actually, I mean, I read it so many months ago that it was not holiday season yet. So you I got to give it a reread a re now that we're like peak holiday. We got to do but that. Fallon gave me the most beautiful blurb. Thank you, friend. You're so welcome. Because it's the best. And um, I was honored to read, sorry, I have to say, no, I was yeah. honored to read Just My Type, which comes out in February. And if you haven't pre-ordered that yet, oh my gosh, just get ready. It's the best, like, rivals to lovers, office, um, journalists, like, just everything about it is so, so good and angsty and Fallon's voice is incredible. Thank you, friend. Um <laughs> And you can find me on all the social media things at Fallon Ballard, which is F-A-L-O-N-B-A-L-L-A-R-D. One L in Fallon because my mom decided to be difficult, <laughs> even more difficult than naming me Fallon in the 80s when nobody else was named Fallon. <laughs> she had to, she had to spell it wrong too. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, I am on Twitter, not as much these days. 
I am on Insta. I am on TikTok. I'm not very good at posting on TikTok because I'm old. Um, me too. Me there. <laughs> um, and my website is fallonballard.com and you can buy books anywhere that you buy books. They're there. Um, and please, 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 if you enjoyed our chaos today, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode. And you can follow us on Instagram at happy to meet cute. And uh, our plan right now is to have episodes um, about twice a month. So every other week um, that could change in the future. We have so many amazing guests lined up. So there's definitely a chance that we'll be bumping that number up a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll see how these first couple weeks go. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. It has been so much fun. Um, and we really appreciate you all listening. Yay. We can't wait to meet cute on the next episode. Hugs and kisses. Bye.